0: Hey, everybody, I'm Ken Coots van Dregen, and that is. This is Chris Raybold. It's right here. Chris Raybold, right there. Um, Even though we're in different cities, uh, we are uh, joining each other here on the lovely Zoom app, like everyone does, uh, for episode 28. Holy crap! We got 28 hours of stuff um, information for you guys. Um, it's been uh, it's been quite a journey. We were just talking offline about um, how our our thing has evolved, and and we hope that you guys have liked how it has changed and evolved um, into what it is now. Uh, a more kind of um, easier discussion between each other. I think when we first started, it was uh, you know both of us like not sure like. So what yeah. do you think, Chris? Right. You know, um, <laughs> and uh, so now it's it's more of uh, what I was hoping it would turn into, which is a, a really easy discussion about audio. Um, and honestly, um, it's the thing that keeps me going is talking yep. about audio. Um, you know, yesterday I did uh, a thing with Rational Acoustics that um, was just, you know, I was like, yeah, this is, it was like, this is, fun this was two hours of like talking about stuff that we used to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah um that hopefully we get to do again soon um so uh anyway oh by the way can you check out my sexy purple purple limited (laughs) edition headphones i saw those online and i was like i gotta buy those Um, I dig this purple purple is my favorite color so I'm like
1: I had the same thought when I saw him I'm holding strong with the OGs right here yeah
0: no it's good it's good you know um I just was like oh man it's my favorite color I don't have the money right now but I'm gonna buy it anyway
1: hey man get get your rocks off however you can right now (laughs) if it's a new pair of headphones that's all good you know I gotta say something before we get going here I just fired LV1 back up shout out to Noam at Waves um And kind of working on some stuff. And uh, I I have that feeling where I just finished doing playback, but I'm not totally cool where I ended up. So I've kind of, you know that feeling when you're just like, like I'm not. And it's funny. I I was fucking with the, among other things, it was where I was playing with my overheads. And as usual, God, those things are just, will drive you insane. Oh, man. Uh, One day we'll circle back around and talk about overheads, just in general, just how I... Yeah.
0: It's just like a different in, life. It really is. You know? And, and um, yeah, exactly. So like studio world, you use overheads to be an definitely an over drum. Oh, it's capture, so much fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but in, you know, certainly for the bands that we work for, our stages are so loud. Like my stage is they're, so loud. Yeah. They're um, just,
1: and I mean, I don't do some of the stuff that you do with the giant side fills firing in, but still I've got all the house in the world coming back and they're just white noise generators. Totally. Of, you know what I mean? As you pull them up, you pull all the noise up, and then you're tempted to suck the noise out, but then you suck the sound out, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean?
0: It is, so. it is a never-ending battle. And, and I think always you know, you and I have experience with studio stuff, so we keep trying to get there. I want that. I want that, but you, it, yeah. you can't have it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, a big no. eye-opening thing was when you introduced me to those Mojave microphones that really changed – A Mm -hmm. lot for me, Um, just you know the way that those are are captured and and are eq'd internally. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah, it's like things just sit better with them. They really
0: do. They really do. Um, And you know, it's funny. I'm still trying to figure out why that is. Why Why is is that? Yeah,
1: yeah. The curve Um, can only be so different. You know, that's just that's the magic of certain microphones. It really is. I know,
0: right? Like so. It's, it's weird because I've thought about it. I'm like, this isn't an EQ thing, really, per uh, se. It's not like its internal EQ curve is better than a 414, let's say. Um, it's not that. It's something about the way the acoustic to electric transduction happens yes. in that microphone. Um, I was
1: just thinking the same thing. It's got, it's just, and it, see, that seems like such a, that is just a mechanical reaction. Yeah. That's just a diaphragm going, I see this wave, I'll move like that. That too, how markedly different is that? Is it between a U87 and a SM81? Like how much, but for whatever reason, it makes drastic, huge differences, you know?
0: It sure um, does. I wonder, um, it would be really interesting to get Royer, like to ask him if, you know, was when you're designing this microphone, is that something that you have in mind or is it just something that you stumble on? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, I, I think that a, a certain percentage of manufacturers stumble on sh- stuff. You know what I mean? Like they come upon something and then they realize, oh, shit, we did something here that's like really interesting and right. good. Um, right. But but anyway, that microphone, I, I'm still trying to figure out why it works well. And, and you know, I know we talk about it a lot on here. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, so much, so we should be getting paid. <laughs> right. But, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, I just think it's a great microphone, and, and um, certainly for for overheads, it, it works great.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll say this too before we split, and I don't want to blow our low because we should do one of these about overhead, overheads overheads yeah, yeah, at one yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. But um, you know, the one thing about overheads too is like you get a killer overhead sound, but be careful how much you anchor to that because that's a that's a, that's a fader you're going to want to go to to clean shit up.
0: You know what I mean? Totally. That that yeah. is um along with your lead vocal is a mixed destroyer. It is um, and so finding the balance of getting something sounding appropriate and great, uh, and mm-hmm. and a little bit higher up in your mix than most things, um, and have it not destroy your mix as being you know uh, just something that's capturing all the crap around it. Um, that's a that's a real skill. So definitely let's let's do an overhead one. Um, Absolutely. But for now, um, what we were kind of talking offline about was: um, you know, I often get asked um, either the first question is always, how do I get your job? How do I, what do I have to do to get your job? And then the second question is, what did you do yeah. to get where you are? And it, it's an interesting thought process for me because um i i have analyzed i've spent some time like thinking about like why am i um Mm -hmm. at the top of the game why did i get opportunities um over somebody else um i'll tell you a quick story and then let you talk about what your opinion about that is but um Uh, you know, several years ago, probably 10 years ago, a, um, a relatively well-known front of house engineer that was mixing relatively large acts, um, came up to me one day and, um, basically like was saying, you know, Hey man, how come you get all the gigs and I don't get any gigs? And Mm -hmm. I was just like, wow. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's a really fucked up thing to say to me, but okay, let's (laughs) let's uh let's figure that out. Yeah, how you doing, (laughs) man? You know, um, and I, I, you know, obviously he was having a rough day and was frustrated, and maybe I just got a gig that he didn't uh, he was going for or something. You know, whatever. Uh, People have different reasons for acting the way that they do, but my my first reaction to that was to say to him. The reason that I get gigs that you don't is because the you ask questions like what you just asked, what, you just, what you just did. What you just did is the reason why I get the gigs and you don't, um, which has nothing to do with my mixing ability and whether or not I'm a better mixer than he is. I was trying to point out to him um, that you know there there's a certain couth uh, and a certain um, way that you treat people and have discussions with people that have, um, I believe accelerated accelerated my career. And I also have opinions about lots of other things that have gotten to me where I am and we'll get to those, but that let's just start with that. Like I feel for me, I have definitely, once I was given like my first couple of big opportunities past that is because I'm able to, you know, um, to get along with people, I guess is the real deal. Um, yeah. um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? What do you think about, you know, a lot, I think a lot. Um, come on, dude. How did you, how did you get all the gigs? Yeah,
1: totally. And like, and to be quite honest with you, I'm not that, I mean, I've been doing this for a minute. I, I think I'm right at 25 years as a quote unquote professional. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't really hit this upper tier of clientele. Until a decade ago, so for me, I'm still. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's no way to talk around it. I'm a, a name mixer, you know. Um, but but my time in that names slide with the with that group of people, it's not that it's relatively short lived. But you know, the first few years when someone starts getting into that list get that gets in there, you're kind of like because you see some people that touch it for a minute, yeah, and then they and then they disappear you know? So it's like to have staying power there kind of says something. So, but you know, one thing that people ask me, they're like, you know, what do you, I mean, like, what's, what's the percentage? Is it like, you know, to mixing to politics or this or that? And like, I have no earthly idea how to put a numerical value on what that is. But I do know, like you said, that it is absolutely not a hundred percent mix. You know, there's just no way, um, it just doesn't work that way. And I say that because, and I think I've mentioned it on here before, along the way, I have seen guys with fantastic fucking mixes that after the fact, I get wind of the fact that they're an asshole or they're a a drunk or they're, uh, Hey man, been there on both fronts. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 you find out that there's something else that has held them back. Cause I'll see people where I'm just like straight up, not, not any insecurity, just like, man, that guy's great. In fact, I, that's a better mix than I think I would pull off with whatever he or she is working with, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how it works. I'll just tell you for me. Um, I think my, uh, my formula has been tireless work ethic that's where it started tireless work ethic. And I've said it on here before. I'm not the most talented guy out there. And I'm not saying that in some sort of, some sort of odd shuck sort of way. Like I really mean that I have immense talent, but I'm not the most talented naturally. I have to work for things in order for them to come my way, you know? So it all goes back to, and I'm just thinking chronologically here. When I was younger, I just wanted to be good and I was tireless in my pursuit of that, but I never had my sights set on It was never, and I'm going to be one of the top five mixers in the world. Never fucking said that, you know. I really liked my first big gig. I talk about it here all the time that I just, I don't have another story to tell. It was with that band Widespread Panic. And I just wanted to make them sound awesome. Right. I just, that was it. You know what I mean? I wanted to make them sound
0: awesome. You didn't have the goal of being the top five mixers, but you had the goal of being the best at what you do, right? Your your yes. perfectionism or whatever it was that instil- was instilled in you was mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best at what I do, but not with the thought process of I need to be the best mixer in the world, world per se, right? 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 There was a yeah.
1: world-dominant. Yeah. So really, I was aiming to be the best. Right. You know what I'm saying? Without intentionally saying – I'm going to be, you know, world domination is my, is my goal. I will say this. I'll tell you when I started to notice that the potential was there for me was with the advent of festivals in America becoming so prevalent as they were. And I would go in and if it were like a jam band centric festival, we'd be the headliner, and I'd pay attention to everybody else. And that's usually where I'd see. And that was in the analog console days. That's when I'd watch the guys walk up, spin up and be like, fuck, he's good. Yep. And I'd have my own shit and I'd still kick ass and it was fine. But I'd make note of who I saw. But then there'd be times where we weren't, you know, we were just on some big thing. And there would be like, I remember for a fact being at this one, I remember it was, it, was, it might have been like jazz fest or something like that. And there was a big name, big time mixer. He's still in the game. He's an older dude, but he's still in the game. Big time and notorious, tough kind of asshole. He walks out, we're playing before them. And him and his system guy are like eyeing me up and down, but I could kind of tell not in a shitty way. Right. And when it was over, he they came up and he was like, hey mate, you know, and it's kind of like good fucking job. And so right. like those sort of little things started happening, or I'd get wind after a festival, where the company, president of the company would call me up and say like, hey, you know, we heard, you know, this and that. So I started seeing these little clues everywhere. I was <laughs> like, Man, I think this shit's paying off because I'm yeah, with this yeah. like rock band, this jam band, but I'm getting accolades, you know? So it was like I started seeing clues that right. it was uh, it was for me. Um, I don't know. I when, Like how did you – What, how did the, how did the tides to, how did you, I mean, I'll get to in a minute and sort of how some of these things worked out, but you went from the studio, what, straight to.
0: Yeah. So, but, but, um, my, uh, big, you were, you were thrust
1: to it quick. I was,
0: but my big time period, like where I spent, cut my teeth and spent hours and hours and hours was in college. Um, you know, so going to Berkeley College of Music, um, you get a certain amount of studio time, um, Mm. and and then there is free studio. This was back, you know, thirty years ago. So, but I don't know what it's like now. But back then, there's free studio time that everyone has access to. But guess when that is? It's five o'clock in the morning, um, you know, on a Saturday night, which is the night that everyone in college wants to go party. You know, whatever. Um. Mm. And I was the guy that like took every single one of those. I was like, I, if it's, if there, I was friends with the studio manager who's an employee of of Berkeley. And and I said to her, whenever there is free studio time, call me and I will be there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, tireless work ethic came for me in the studio part of this um, and, and transferred over into the live sound land. But it, it really, um, was instilled in me like early on when I first like figured out, Hey, I want to, you know, I I want to do this. Um, so I, I think you bringing that up is really, uh, really key to this, like, you know, and then, you know, like when I moved to Los Angeles and worked in the studio, my entire like first year and a half was basically working for free. Um, and working 18 hour days and being a runner and, um, making coffee and getting yelled at for doing nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, uh, living on ramen and barely paying rent, you know, like uh, borrowing money from my parents to survive and, um, you know, all those kind of things. So, um, I, I think that all of those things, we're, we're talking about all the things that kind of shaped us to be. You know, yeah. in the, the position, it's a, a
1: multi part conversation. You know, it's kind of like it is how did you become who you are. Yeah. And, you know,
0: yeah. Um, now, there's a, another side to this that I also want to talk about because I really believe, you know, uh, trying to leave religion out of this, but I really believe that there is like 60, 70% of my stuff, which is just like I was born with it, like God given talent um, that and I say this to people all the time, like Steve Vai is Mm -hmm. this guitar player that nobody can figure out why he's so amazing. Um, And I'm certainly not trying to liken myself to Steve Vai, but I'm just saying that guy, the reason Steve Vai is who he is, is not because he rehearsed more or not because he um, spent more time playing guitar than other people. It's not that. The reason steve I is who he is is because it's steve I. He was born that way. That's um, right. And so it's, a, it's the hardest thing. And I think that's true of mixers. Like some of the best mixers that I've watched, um, I, I go, well, even if I were to ask that guy why he made the choices that he made to make that band sound like that, I don't think he'd be able to tell me. I think it's just yeah. in him. Um, you know, and, and it's the hardest thing being a teacher, um, or someone like you and I that kind of want to share what our knowledge is. I can only bring someone so far, uh, before even I have seen in a few people that I've tried to, you know, help along the way where I'm like, Hmm,
1: you know what? I'll say this to stop you real quick. You and I have mentioned this, whatever that is, that thing you're talking about, you see it. Uh, immediately or you see the lack of uh, immediately in people it's like I can teach you I can teach you about attack and release times on a compressor and what they can do that's 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 like technique you know but there's it's all those other intangibles that you can't yeah. and it sucks yeah. when you meet somebody that you really want to help along and you're just like, God, they don't have that extra thing. And I'll admit it. I'm not advocating that anyone out there be a complete psychopath about this, but it <laughs> takes a little bit of neurosis and, you know, kind of just laser focus that you, when you see that in someone, if they can control it, that's a sign of, of this thing that you're talking about of that little extra something, you know?
0: And, and there is something to be said about self conscious about your expectations on yourself and and your ability to kind of evaluate yourself and say, and come to a realization that maybe whatever it is, isn't right for you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did, I went to Berkeley college of music and for the first two semesters, I was there as a bass player, no intention of being a sound guy. And I looked around and looked at the other 200 bass players at Berkeley college of music and went, there's 199 people better than me. And I, uh-huh. there is no way that I'm going to make a living as a bass player. And I can see it. I can see that that dude has whatever that thing is. I don't have that. Um, and it made me change the course of my life um, because I recognized it. So it, it's something, you know, I'm certainly not advocating and not telling people that they need to like – you know, oh, well, I need to change what I'm doing. If you want to be a mixer, if you want to um, uh, be, uh, uh, you know, front of house or a monitor mixer, there are spots for you. There may not be spots for you in the top 1%. Like, you know, you may not get the opportunity to mix you too. Um, right. But if you still want to be a mixer and you may not have that thing, recognize it in yourself and be like, you know what, I'm going to be happy, um, mixing, you know, my local church or, or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and that's fine too. I mean, you know, there, there is only one Steve Vai and Eddie Van Halen, uh, and, uh, you know, there's there, I can only name five of them on my hands, you know what I mean? Right. And they only exist because of, um, what I was talking about before, which is that kind of that spark, that thing. Um, and I, you know, and this is, this is a hard discussion to have without like exposing your ego. Right. You know, and I'm, I am, I think,
1: I think um, it's important we do. I, and I think, it, I think yeah. we're both pretty good about both ends of that ego. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I do recognize and I know you do too, that I am good at what I do. There's no question when I say that you have to Um, you know, be a guy that can get along with people and whatever. And 90% of that is, is, you know, your ability to walk into a room full of crazy people and identify the crazy people. And, you know, all the kind of, those are, I'm being serious, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have the 5%, which is delivering and delivering amazingly, then you will be that guy that kind of touches the fringes and then you, you don't see him because, right. You get to a point like where you know you get invited into this boys club of a, a you know a very few amount of engineers boys and girls club into a fair fair very few amount of engineers get the opportunity to be chosen for a, a larger gig, um, but if you don't have the stuff, man, it's you'll it's they'll discover it soon.
1: <laughs> they will. You'll, you'll yeah. be you'll be found out. You know, you were talking about the sort of the God given abilities or this and that there's also just in terms of fate, there is also the answer. And you know, this, to a lot of those people were either, how did you get there on a polite level or why you, you know, on a not so polite level, like you were encountered with, <laughs> there is, and I've had that too, man. I mean, I remember all, I've seen all the looks again. I remember when I, I cause I had a streak where it was just like, boom, man, I couldn't miss, you yeah. know? Now, I'm sure there was people like, what the, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> or when's that going to end? Sure. Um, but what happens is just like there's this sort of the universe kind of gives you certain tools or traits. It also puts you in a lot of the right, it puts you in all the right places or all the wrong places. And those things, I can't, I can't tell you how, why or how that worked, you know? Yeah, no, uh,
0: that's, that's it, totally it. it. You know,
1: there's just and it's a series of, it's like you do all the things for yourself to make yourself the best mixer you can be. And, and for me, a lot of that was having the largest knowledge before I was a good mixer. I had a very large knowledge base I've mentioned here. And I mentioned in a lot of interviews, I do the importance of, uh, uh, staying up on like industry topics and trends and knowing the lingo and knowing and cause I used to always say that way you can hang in a conversation where maybe you don't belong, you know, and early on, I built up my, my knowledge base of just of what was going on. So I could, cause I, cause I would find myself probably because I was just so damn active that I was bound to stumble through certain doors, metaphorically speaking and find myself in gigs that were over my head, but I could kind of talk my way into them and through them and then just wing it to get by, get that invaluable, um, experience at the same time but so you build yourself up but then by doing that you're just it's like the foundation of what of your of your house of everything you know is your your knowledge base and then your experience and then you just got to catch the right wind in your sails from time to time you got to answer the phone and early on and this is not to be discouraging to any older mixers but early on particularly when you're young like you mentioned the 5 a.m slots do that do that work non-stop stay up for days on end. I hate to say it man but it's like for better or worse that is a that is a path to finding yourself in these things because it's like you're rewarded for your hard efforts slash if you stick around like what's the thing hang around a barbershop long enough you get a haircut it's kind of like right. catching a kind of like catching a gig you know it's it's going to come your way so that tirelessness while you have the ability to be tireless um you utilize that because then it's at uh, later in life, it just becomes caffeine fueled. And however you can do it to, <laughs> to get yourself by, but suddenly, yeah. you know, you can't harder to pull off those, all, all of that. Um, so, but yeah, being in the right place at the right time, we talk, I mean, how many of these episodes have we done that are about relationships or yep. just being fucking cool,
0: you yeah. know? Um, because that's the deal, right? Like you have to live with people, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a very intimate setting, you know, 12 people on a bus that you are, you know, I mean, you're living with them. And so um, if you are the guy that's an asshole or girl, that's an asshole or cause drama in any sort of way, or um, are just hard to get along with or whatever, it's not going to matter how good of a mix you are. At some no. point, a production manager or a tour manager is going to get tired of your shit. And you're going home. I've watched mm-hmm. it happen a bunch of times. So yep. um just getting back to the right place at the right time. I always tell people, I've said it before on here, you know, that old adage is absolutely true. That it is about being in the right place at the right time and having the right contacts for that moment. But I also say that it's about putting yourself in the right place at the right time. It is. Um yep. and and I don't know if I've told this story on here before, but I, I've said it before online about one of my major steps in my career was um, I was already mixing front of house. I was, you know, mixing a bunch of hair bands, you know, um, uh, my opportunities as a live guy started there, right. Mixing warrant and mixing Vince Neil and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there was a moment in my career a few years later where I wasn't getting a whole lot of front of house calls but I was getting calls to like patch the stage. Um, mm-hmm. And I took that call. Um, and one of the calls I took was to be the stage patcher slash assistant. They didn't really have monitor system techs that in yeah. those days, I yeah. was just the, yeah. <laughs> the monitor assistant. But really what I was doing was jamming XLRs. Um, and, and I took the gig and it was for Whitney Houston. And I said, you know what? Whitney Houston's pretty big. I'm going to go and do this because I think that there's going to be an opportunity. And believe it or not, there was. I was the guy standing next to the monitor engineer, literally just standing there during a show when she turns around and goes, you're fired, you're in. And I literally went from like the guy that was patching the stage to now being the monitor mixer. Which, by the way, I'd never really ever mixed monitors before. Yeah. And it, oh. was not, it was not IEMs. It was like wedges, yeah. you know? So I was like, uh-huh. oh, you know, holy, okay, I got to figure this uh-huh. out now. Um, but, but my point is in that opportunity is that I took a lesser job, mm-hmm. um, a job that probably I, I considered and other people would consider kind of like, well, dude, you're a mixer. Why would you take a job patching the stage? Um, but I took that job because I knew it was going to put me in an opportunity, perhaps. Now it could have worked out the other way where I didn't get that opportunity. but that's an example of what I'm trying to tell people is put your take take a job that you think is going to lead to nothing because oftentimes it, it it'll take a right turn and um, you know you'll meet somebody there that uh, three years later remembers you. And you know hires you for a gig, whatever that is so I, I always say be strategic in your uh, journey of your your um, you know uh, of whatever goal and whatever end game that you're after, be strategic in that end game right like be like, okay, I'm gonna take this gig um, yeah and, so and what that
1: it, speaks to is you know generating your own your own momentum like like you were saying when you started that, you end up in the right place at the right time, but you also kind of put yourself there. You know, um, we had the thing a few weeks ago, kind of the goodwill message to everybody about keep moving during this yeah. time, you know, and and that really holds true at all points in time. Just keep keep going, like you said, like even if it's a, a seemingly lesser gig than what you had envisioned, man, just just keep going. And I bet it'll pay off. And And like you said, you can meet someone that three years later, is somehow it, you know, the, the conduit to gigs for you. That's something I've been thinking while we're talking is it's like, man, along the way too, and, and we don't mean in any sort of kiss ass way, but you know, be just be cool and say, thank you along the way. You know, I think for about sure. every, I had a, my best friend in the world. He's no longer with us. He was, he was older than me and he would always tell me, he'd be like, man, be cool to these people. Cause we see, we will see them again. And he meant stagehands. He didn't mean production 100%. managers. Yep. He didn't mean fucking company owners or managers. He meant stagehands. Yep. And, and that is like one of that thing stuck with me so heavily. I think I learned that in year one, <clears throat> excuse me, of being involved in this business. And, um, and, you know, and it carried over to literally say thank you to the systems guys. If you're at a festival, if you uh, also, uh, I'm always talking about being aware of who's around. You know, if you, do, if you do see someone that you realize is kind of a higher up, I mean, you don't want to walk up to them like, you know, tugging at their shirt but if you can find a way to say hey thanks I appreciate you know whatever that'll 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 pay off in the end I think about my sort of big break the big breaks were a series of a million little breaks leading up to it and all of our efforts and everything else but when I got this really big phone call to go do uh Lady Gaga you know I know part of that was this sound company owner I had been using them I had taken a company there I had taken a band there to, to use his company services. Uh, but he also, they would provide for a lot of festivals and he got wind that I was something decent of a mixer. Uh, and then we, we kind of struck up a friendship, this or that. So I know in that moment, there were several people he was calling, but the fact that I made it into his brain, you know what I mean? The fact that he thought in that moment in this like hugely political climate, this is the like can you be on a plane tomorrow? Shit. He went Chris Rabel. You know, I mean, that's, that's hard work oh. paying off there is that is right place at the right time, but there's a reason that my name made it into his brain, you know, um, and I'm, great, I'm I'm great. I'm grateful for that. And I just, gotta think about that all the time, man. And, you know, I'm glad I picked up the phone. I'm glad <laughs> I could do it, but more than yeah, anything, yeah. I'm, glad I, I'm glad I did all the shit leading up to that, that put me in his brain at that moment, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, we've talked about this before, you know, most of our gigs come from sound company um, sales reps, right? Like guys that are selling equipment to bands or dealing with their management. And then the management in kind of a, a last minute conversation in their phone call says, hey, by the way, we're looking for a front of house guy. You got anybody? And that is a lot of, that's a lot of the way that I've gotten my work in my life. And the only way to be on the tip of the tongue of that guy is to have had an interaction with him where not only are you in his brain, but you're in his brain in a really good way, like he in a positive way. He's the guy that's like, you know what, you know. um, uh, And I know this conversation has happened early on in my career. I know a sales guy that was, you know, going would sell me to people like, you know, Hey, there's this kid, he, you know, he doesn't really have a resume, but you know what? He's Really good. You know, that's, that's the relationship that you need to have with that guy. And the only way to have that is to not be a dick. I mean, don't be a dick. That's just it. Um, you know, uh, so, so yeah.
1: Well, no, in saying that too, it's like, it's that, it's that period that you're, it's that period that you were at, then, or I was at when I was mentioning that this phone call came my way. Once you're, once you're in a, a, to a fault in our business, once you're in, somehow you'll fucking keep, you'll stay in to a degree. You might stay up, not up at the top tier, but you'll, whatever, you'll be okay. Um, it's getting in. And it's when you are somewhat of a risk, a roll of the dice that you've had to make enough of a, of an impression early on that they're willing to go. And, and I'll tell you what, guys and gals listening man oh I hope that happens for you because that is such a wonderful wonderful feeling when you're like oh my god I'm doing it like they're calling me these people are calling me <laughs> and they're buying it yeah, or, yeah, yeah I mean I remember sitting in one of my early which my one of my first few like early big big gigs were like gigantic fucking gigs and um I'm sitting there in the production office with the production manager who's someone else that I had befriended along the way and he was a proponent of mine and like he's sitting there and I've shown up, I'm already kicking ass. I'm kicking ass everywhere except in front of the artist. Cause it was one of those deals where the artist wasn't really present yet. There was a lot of, you know, and they're having to, and they literally need to go like resell me to her um, or just remind her again of what exact, who exactly she has. And we're sitting there. I remember him with his hands on the computer being like, okay, let's make this resume look better. He's like, have you ever, has a friend of yours ever gone to take a piss and you watch the console? <laughs> <laughs> like he's doing everything he can to fight for like, we're just trying to get names on this thing, you know? Right, 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 right. Uh, and that's, that's a great feeling, especially when you do it and then you pull it off and then you're rewarded for it. You know, I, um, I'm thinking back to like, I remember after one of my first really big gigs, after all this stuff we're talking about after toiling, at different levels for years and putting in all the efforts and and being as cool and being myself as I could to people. I remember sitting on the bus after a gig in somewhere in Eastern Europe. And I'll be honest with you, it didn't sound that great, but there was just this sense of like, I did it. I did it. I fucking did it. Nobody else was sitting there telling me that it was me. You know what I mean? And, and this goes back also to, you know, be, you were talking about being aware of, kind of what you're capable of or or where you're headed or where what maybe what's best for you maybe don't be as harsh of a critic on yourself as I am but perhaps have an incredibly high bar set in your head you know what I mean because if you keep that bar set high and that's continually what you're aiming for that will in turn produce results that will also propel you into the kind of situations that we're talking about here you know what I mean
0: And check your ego, man. There's no room. You know, the guys that um, are walking around going, yeah, I am the best engineer in the world are the guys that, you know, I see them for a couple of years and then they disappear, you know. Um, You know, I'm very aware of there are definitely better mixers than me. Um, I try to do the best at what I do um, and and I do get good results. But I also know that Everything that I say to people affects them in some sort of a way. Like words are important. And yes. um, for you to be the guy that's walking around, you know, going, um, well, I'll give you an example, dude, check this out. So yesterday I was on this rational acoustics thing and we were talking about SPL and um, one of the guys that was on there um, Started telling a story about how he had worked with me 14 years ago on an Ozfest, um, where he was the house guy uh in Montreal. Um, and um we show up and it was a weird Ozfest. I was mixing the system of a down, and Ozzy was playing on the B stage. This was his big idea of uh he played in the afternoon like he didn't tell people this but he would show up and play in the afternoon on the b stage at like three o'clock in the afternoon and that was his show he wanted to give the people that like came early and went to the parking lot for shows the the, the aussie show um and so what that ended up doing is pushing system of a down which was the band that was before aussie we became the headliner on the a stage Mm -hmm. so this guy, um, starts talking about something that happened 14 years ago where, um, you know, we walked in and he was providing local PA and it was like something happened and a bunch of amps were broken and whatever. And his story back to me was, he goes, you really affected me 14 years ago. You walked in, you found out that amps were screwed up and you didn't lose your shit. We thought that we were just going to get creamed like these engineers are going to walk in and start yelling at us and you know Mm -hmm. telling us why our equipment sucks and they were terrified and I happened to walk in, and you know it's funny is I don't remember this at all this is this guy telling me this Um, Mm -hmm. and I walked into that situation he says and I just said okay cool well what can we do about it like what what are what's our solution like can we is there anything we can do about it? Can we move some amps around? Can we move, you know, and he said that you just started spouting off ideas on how to fix it and never once said, what the fuck? Why is this broken? Right. And I just tell that story not to pump myself up. I'm telling that story because I'm like, you know (laughs) what? I affected a dude 14 years ago and he's still carrying that with him.
1: Yeah. And I affected
0: him in his, in an awesome, cool way. Um, And it's because that I believe that that's how you need to carry yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, you know, listen, I, in my cocaine-alcohol-fueled days, <laughs> I, I am positive, face- I'm <laughs> positive that uh. I walked into somewhere and fucking blew a dude up, and yep. that dude Absolutely. is walking around going, fuck that guy. I mean, yep. I, you know, in fact, it's so much so it's funny that I always – tell people when someone comes up to me and says, Hey, you know, uh, we met 14 years ago. My first reaction is like, Ooh, was, Ooh, right. Yeah. Was, was I a dick? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. no, but I mean, you know, generally, you know, that is through my career, despite those, you know, days where I was hung over and fucked up or whatever. Um, my, my general thing was that was to carry myself and say, what's our solution? Let's try to fix it. And to this day, I affected that dude, and he carries that with him now, and probably acts like that to somebody it's else. Up. Right. So it's a chain, right? Like you've created yeah. this this thing, and and so I I, I really believe, um, and keep preaching about it's how you interact with people. Um, you want to know why I get to mix huge opening ba- or huge bands? It's because of that. It really it is. is. There,
1: there's a. There's so many other people. Honestly, there's they're as good as us. You know what I mean? They sure. are absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to belittle ourselves, you, you know what I'm saying about. That. I mean, we. No, like, I mean,
0: you know, people listen. We deliver. That's the thing. We get to deliver and we deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I'm telling you that. That's you know. But but take that out of the equation. The fact that we can yes. deliver because there are other people that can deliver too. Right. You know, but, but we deliver and, and everything on the front end. Right. And the back
1: end, because that's the thing that delivering is a sliver of the day. You know what I mean? It is this tiny portion of the day. So you're, you, you talking about that guy speaking. So, you know, kind of glowingly of his memory with you and, and I'm with you, man, what I'm getting ready to say, there are, there are other people that have the exact opposite view of this with me, but something that stuck with me, it was someone told me several years ago about what it was like working with me several years before that. And they mentioned that on a large scale. Like I'm the guy I've said it here before. If the hi-hat mic has moved this far, like I suddenly can't fucking handle life. But when like the big shit happens, I don't know what it is, man. I just, Yep. And I, I handle, you know, or like the situation that you mentioned when it's like, okay, we're clear. We clearly have a situation here. There is no time. There's no point. And there's no time to freak out. What are we going to do? And the person mentioned to me, they said, they just said, you know, nothing was ever, nothing was ever an issue. And when I was told this was at a time where I felt because of some life stressors. And again, that's the thing about the road, man. You can't hide. You can't hide. You're with those people all the time. Um, because of some of life stressors, I felt that I was behaving in a way where everything was an issue. At least I felt that way. And I felt I had drifted from myself some. And, um, and I know I have, and I know I do from time to time. Again, there are people that will meet me that that will, will talk about their meetings with me. And they will say, man, Chris Rable could not be, that is the coolest dude in the world. And then there are some people who are like, fuck that dude. he is a demanding psychopath <laughs> and he's on 11 all the time and they're not wrong in those moments but wh- right. where do i want to be where do i feel most comfortable it's the 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 previous of those descriptions and it stuck with me so much that i have spent the past several years thinking like man i really i really want cont- to i want that to be the way that people think of their of their reaction uh, you know their of their time with me you know, and I think back to, well, gosh, why was I able to handle things in that way at that time? You know? Um,
0: I think it's a skill. It's a skill that you have um, to be able to have um, other people perceive that you are got everything handled and there's going to be no problems. um, You know, now what's happening behind the scenes uh, if someone could see what's happening behind the scenes, it's extreme yeah. panic. Yeah. And holy fuck, what am I gonna do? This yeah. is you know, this Imagine is...
1: Santa's workshop burning down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nine million fucking elves losing their minds. That's really
0: what's that's, happening. That's what's happening behind the scenes. But what everyone sees oh, fuck, um, I needed that. is a guy everyone sees is a guy that has a handle on it and whatever. And I, I to this day, I use it as a selling point. I've actually had this conversation with managers. I've said, you know, they, they come at me and say, you know, hey, um, so-and-so, this kid is going to work for half of what your salary is. You know, why why shouldn't I hire him? He's offering to work for half of what you, you know. I'm talking about salary negotiation. Obviously, sure, he's sure. he's going to hire me, but he's making a right. point. He's like, listen, there's right. this kid. And I always say to him, I say, listen, you're not hiring me for when things are good.
1: Mm.
0: When things are good, that $2,000 a week guy is probably gonna be just fine for you. And it's probably gonna sound good and you're gonna be stoked about it. What you're hiring me for is when the left side of the PA is on fire. Right. And nothing is working and you're about to lose a million dollars in ticket sales because you're gonna have to cancel and I'm the guy that fixes it. That's what you're hiring me for is for my mm-hmm. experience and for being able to handle under pressure when everything is falling apart, yep. you know? And so, and that is what he doesn't know is that, you know, Santa's workshop is blowing up. <laughs> yeah. and shit is fucked yeah. up. Yeah, but exactly. my, my front of that is, yeah. um, you know, uh, everything's cool, everything's fine, we're going we're to be okay, you know? Yep, yep. Um I don't know I, why
1: – go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, 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 I just I, – it's funny because I thought about it. I, you know, I used to say w- earlier on in my career, I used to say to system engineers that they had to be that guy. I'm like, you got to be the guy that's sitting there, and I don't care if you know behind the scenes that this is – we're fucked and it's not going to work. You are not to say that to me. You are to be the guy that's like, nope, everything's cool, Pooch. You're going to be all right. I go, I get to be the guy that's going, (laughs) everything's (laughs) fucked up, dude. You need to fix it.
1: Here's the funny thing. The story that, uh, this is not what I was going to say, but to your point, the story or the review of myself that was given to me by a peer was from a tour that I took the whole crew because one day we were somewhere one of the stage right fly guys had flown out a side hang and lifted up the goddamn, like an amp rack with, it was just completely just not paying attention all kinds of shit. Like, and I took the whole crew because it had been like, you know, how it gets with on long tours. You hit this thing where people start getting slack, start being complacent. You just, you're noticing things happening left and right. And I took the whole crew and like, let them all have it. And this is the same tour that the guy said nothing was ever a problem. So what we're saying is we're not doormats. We're not these just like, you know, we're not Gandhi out there. You know, like (laughs) I took that crew and let them all have it. But I did it in a way. uh, And God, it's hard to like tell a story like this and not sound egotistical. But I promise you all my life, I did it in a way that was like, guys, come on. Like we're, this is us. This is us. This is our work. We're better than this. And it was also to make a point, and I think I've said it on here before, that everything matters. Everyone matters and everything matters. So it was kind of like an ass-chewing with a rah-rah spin to it. So, you, you know, you can do that and still have people respect you. You know, it's when you're just being an asshole all the time that… Yeah. It, that, that I, think, I
0: think team building and letting, helping other people to be successful makes you successful. So yes. if, if you are able to be a leader, um, and I don't care if it's a tour that has 11 sound guys on it or if it's a tour that has two sound guys on it, if you, mm. you are never, almost never in a situation where it's you by yourself, you're at least working with one other person, whether it's a monitor engineer or, or whatever, if you can lift that person up and help them to succeed in their own way, um, you're, you're affecting how things end up for you. Um, so yes. that, that was an example of you saying, listen, guys, you know, you got to pay attention. We can't do this. You didn't say, you know, listen, fucker, you're fired. Oh, yeah. you know? oh no, no, no. You went, Hey guys, we got to pay attention. We, you know, th- we're moving around dangerous shit. And, you know, I'm sure the guy that did it was already kicking himself, you know, going, Oh man, I can't believe I did that. Um, and, and you emphasizing to him, like, Hey, listen, I've got your back, but you need to, you know, prove yourself again and work hard and show me that you're never going to do that again. Right. And Um, and
1: I like where this conversation has gone too, because we're kind of at a point now to where, again, chronologically, we're kind of like, now we're sort of telling stories of where we are now. Yes. And, uh, truthfully, truthfully, people that work with me regularly now, will tell you I am very I am demanding but I'm demanding of myself and and it's more just that I have expectations and it's just because I fucking care you know what I mean and I think the people and the reason that those people will work with me time and time again they know they know there's days where Chris is on a roll but they know that there's a reason behind it and ultimately that I care and that I tell, I, I'm thinking of one person in particular, but there are many, I tell these people, I will, I'll text them and I'll call them. It's not to say, Oh, what a saint I am, but I'm like, man, if you ever need anything, yeah. anything, yeah, you let me know. Or when a tour will finish, if like, I'm like, Hey man, are you good? Cause I've got this coming up. If you need it, if you need anything, let me, I'll make a call. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, and that feels really good too, you know, to, it to does. do that.
0: I mean I surround I try to surround myself with people that are like-minded in excellence, right? So when I start looking around on an 11-person sound crew and one of them is not succeeding because they aren't the guy that, you know, wants to better themselves and wants to be you know better at what they do and achieve tries to achieve uh, not perfection, but it achieves, you know, their best every day. Um, that's the guy that I latch onto and go, hey, little fighter, like what are we going to do with you? Because, yeah. you know, these other 10 people are all like-minded in this deal. We all want to succeed and we all are compart- compartmentalizing our jobs and doing them to the top of our game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you're not playing along here, little fighter. What are we going to do? You yeah. Know? Totally, um, and that that kind of um, environment where everybody that surrounds you on your team, with you being, you know, let's face it, as the front house engineer, I get hired by bands and management, but really, I'm the guy in charge of the the vendors team, full of mm-hmm. people, and the buck stops with me in regards to audio, um, and it also stops with me when shit breaks and fucks up. I'm the one that gets in trouble, exactly. regardless of whether I'm, you know, somebody that that did it or not. If it's one of my 10 people on my team, um, I'm the one that catches the shit for it. So, you know, even though I'm being hired by somebody and I'm not really directly a boss to those 10 people, I'm their boss. And so right. I have to lead that team as if that were true. I, I lead, um, I work as though I were the CEO of a business and um you know we it trickles down in in all things if you're doing a great job and you're working the hardest that you are then you know hey i'm gonna promote you man you're gonna be come on over here a little fighter let me teach you all about I, how to mix well you that's the I mean? thing
1: i tell people i'm like man i'm gonna offer i like you a lot but be careful because you might not ever see home again you know?
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, that's right come along <laughs> with
1: me well you know that's the thing too like that when uh that particular tour when i got on to everybody Uh, that one particular time you know my whole point of it was hey got not like you guys need to kick ass because I guarantee you I'm going to kick ass it was like I need you to kick ass because I'm the receiver I'm the con I'm the the sieve all of your hard work comes to me and then it's on me guys I might fuck up you know what I'm saying but like believe that to me um, and not saying that I, am going to be absolute perfection, but that's kind of my point is, is, you know, your, your work is reflected in me.
0: Absolutely. You know, hundred yeah. percent.
1: You know, it's something uh, I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking about, okay. And it's, it's specific to this time, what we're all going through here. And I was thinking about how everything is on pause and where everyone is. I was, it started as thinking about everyone in their lives. I'm thinking about my little six year old daughter. You know, I'm like kids are resilient; they'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, but these are their most like. She's six. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but these are her most formative years. And then I shifted; those thoughts kept going. I start thinking about older people that were headed towards retirement. That blah 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 blah. And then it shifted to the industry, and I'm thinking about where we all are in our careers. And it's this—you know—I'm not going to put a number on it on how long this thing's going, but it's this chunk of time that's just like lost. But we are aging. We are still moving Totally, in time. Time has not stopped. Our <laughs> yes. fucking industry has stopped. Yeah, and yeah. I was thinking about people at different places. And I guess this is sort of like a kind of, I don't know. This is, I guess this is almost just like a message, you know, and I'm thinking about these people that are, this was their year. I'm thinking about the engineer that just jumped on their first big tour, or they've been riding with the artist that they just hit. And I was thinking about these certain artists where it was, it's their year. You know, uh, and I think where this came from is a few weeks ago, I was driving down the road and I passed where the, by the Bonnaroo site and I saw the, I saw the thing and it was like Tame Impala, Lizzo, I don't know who the hell, probably like Billie Eilish, da, 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 and I'm like, yep, all of those people were supposed to be sitting there with a hundred thousand people jamming yeah. out and they were supposed to be behind the controls, the best feeling in the world and I'm thinking about those guys and I'm just like again it's more of just like to keep moving hang in there kind of thing and it's like we'll all pick back up everybody's hit pause you sure. know but but all this you and I included we we're at a certain spot I mean everybody where and now it's just stopped so you're here I don't want anybody to I want people to hear this conversation to be motivated uh, but I know there's going to be a tinge of like Argh! it's like frustration too because we can't move right now you know I we're know. stuck I know but um, but, but all I'm hoping this-
0: I'm hoping these conversations though spark what you're talking about. I hope that I think so. yeah um I hope that people take these things and um uh learn from them and apply them to when we do come back um yeah. you know and, and honestly, I mean if I were just sitting at home or doing other job, you know, like I'm working on my house and doing all kinds of other shit. If I were just doing that and not talking about audio and not learning, you know, not going on the rational acoustics thing, not taking, um, you know, other, other people's YouTube channels and learning stuff. If I mm-hmm. weren't talking about audio, I would be dying inside. So yes, not just yes. me talking to people. I'm talking about, learning from other people too like like if I weren't like learning and talking about audio I'd be dying inside so that I have to do these things you know I have to keep moving and um I have to keep learning um and hopefully you know I mean on the other side of this I know that like um uh, you know just even doing like that rational acoustics thing yesterday I learned some shit I'm like oh I didn't know that Smart did that. That's interesting. Sure, huh. yeah. and
1: I learned stuff again. This LV one yeah. thing I'm sitting right behind my computer that I'm working on. I mean, I learned stuff today. Today, yeah. did I come up with stuff? You know, so yeah. it, it's, it's good. Um,
0: one other point that I want to kind of make, and this goes along with the kind of like God given stuff, but um one other thing that I have kind of overanalyzed in my life is that I think that my hearing um, is in the, in the two extremes of things, like there's a person that hears stuff that the problem is, is that hearing is so ethereal, right? Everybody hears things differently. Um, And so um, in the discussion of something that sounds good, when people say, Oh, that sounded really good. They're hearing it different than you're hearing it. And that person's hearing it different than they heard it. Um, But, but I think I've thought about this a lot where like, you know, people will say to me, hey, you know, well, you must have golden ears. And I've said, no, I think it's exactly the opposite. I think that I have average ears oh, that's good. that happen to be right down the middle that's of good. the extremes of hearing, right? Mm-hmm. Like someone's, got, um, you know, they hear things really bright and someone hears things really, uh, you know, in a subby kind of a way, dark kind of a way. I'm the guy that just happens to have some hearing that's like kind of like right down the middle. And when I make things sound good for me, you've the, hit an average, the extremes are yes. kind of in, in an average in the, in the middle. Um, yeah. is that something that's that you've I'm thought about? I, it's you, something that no. I No. Well, no, I think about my
1: hearing all the time. I, what I think is because I've worked, again, we go back to tireless, you know, sort of training, because my hearing is what it is now, like I almost hear things too well. And I have to, okay, to your point, I have to go, no, reel it, pull it back. Like pull it back to where you're not so analytical because I just, because I, I hear things in such specifics and details that I, it's the glue of those things that makes music, That's right. you know? So I guess inadvertently or kind of behind the scenes, I have been thinking of like, I do think, yeah, man, no, bring it back to the middle. Like what's the average of this yep. experience. That's really interesting. That's cool to hear you say that. Um, I would, I would like to think I fall in that spectrum too. I, uh, you know, cause it is interesting as a mixer, you know, you make these moves and you're just, you just got to make them with confidence. That that's the right, particularly as you start leaning towards brightening things or, you know, really at making things punch, you know, you're really making super, you have to be confident with with what that is and that the yeah. greater majority is going to receive that the way you want it to be received. Yeah. So
0: that's that's an interesting. Concept. So when I come to that, that realization was later on in my life, but but I I think that it's true. And so take that information and um understand that i spent a great deal of time ear training right like when i first started um you know a, a bunch of things that i used to do is literally like listen to my favorite recordings with a third octave eq yes. and just start learning like what frequencies to do and i taught myself a lot about that um in fact i was doing that a lot when i got that first gig as a monitor engineer and it helped indefinitely because as a monitor guy, when something starts taking off, if you don't know right away what it is, you know, um, and and I had been doing that, been training myself with the third octave EQ and I knew right away, I was like, I know that that's 2.5. Oh yeah. That's a three K dart in the head. Turn that down. You know, let me jump Um, in real
1: quick. I tour er, er, like well into my professional career professional, professional career to where I am specking consoles, specking PAs, this and that. I traveled with eventually what was on my computer, 31 octave, the 31 tones, and would randomly pop through them. Yep. Like, you know, until, and, and to had Dave Moulton's Golden Ears ear training CDs that I was still working on. And so, I, I, yeah, I'm with you there. That's good. I'd, make, I'd like to hear you say that. Anyway, sorry, I digress.
0: No, no, it's okay. And, and along with that, I just wanted to point out that I spent a bunch of time doing that, but I also spent a bunch of time listening to records that I thought sounded good. In fact, records that I didn't really like the artist of yeah. at all. That's usually but, the case for me. But the record sounds so amazing yep. that um, I would sit there, you know, uh, that Peter Gabriel So record. I, would, mm. I sat there for hours on headphones and near fields, and tried to figure out why it sounded so good. Like, why is there, yeah.
1: you know what House I mean? Like, so what is yeah. it
0: that makes this bass tone sit in it so awesome yep. um, that the rest of the stuff sounds almost like three D? Um, yep. Just amazing sounding records, and and so there, there's a bunch of those records um, that, uh, spoke to me as a young engineer. Um, and I, I spent a great deal of time learning about dynamics, learning about how, um, you know, instruments work together in a mix, um, to create the glue that we always talk about. Um, that was all like learned behavior. I learned that by, by listening to, um, to records and to watching other people like early on in my career. I didn't know shit besides what I learned in Berkeley, which was a lot of fundamental like busing. This is how we bust something. This is how, um, right. You know, a compressor works. This is how, you know, those are all fundamental things. But then I started uh, being an assistant engineer for some amazing dudes and adopted what they did and didn't know why I was doing it. But having success with it, right? So I watched, you know, um, whatever, you know, Bruce Vadine or or whoever do something with the guitar, place the guitar mic in a certain way, and I said, okay, I'm, you know, he does it, I'm going to do that. I do, and I would do that and have great success, not knowing why. And Mm -hmm. then later on, as I progressed in my career, I would overanalyze why that works and try to figure it out, and eventually come to a place where I go, oh, okay, I know why he does it like that. Um, yes. because I am that person. I have to know why things happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, but I'm just saying, you know, if early on in your career, watch what people are doing. Listen to records that are amazing. Um, and, um, adopt some things that you may not even know why you're doing them. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully that leads you down that path. I'm just trying to give you any sort of tools you know, the, like we said, when we started this, one of the questions is, how do I get your job? Well, I think that we've just been telling you a bunch of ways to get there, right? Yeah, yep, for sure. So, for sure. cool. Well, we're coming up on the end here. Um, is, there, uh, is there anything else you want to add about? Uh...
1: No, just in your last comment there, it actually sparked like a million things at once. So it's just because you do, I mean, we, we do, we just throw this stuff out. And I think the, the big thing is like, just just try shit just yeah. learn shit, try shit. And then along the way, be a decent human being period. Bottom line. That's you know? pretty,
0: you just summed it up. That's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like I, mean,
1: I imagine when you're mentioning, you're like, I'm just throwing out things. I'm just thinking of someone just swinging random. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like there is an element of that early on. And then after a while, you'll understand where to place those punches, you know, oh, but man. early on, just fucking try everything, do everything. But as you do it, be a decent human being,
0: you know? I mean, I, uh, one of, one of the greatest stories that I always tell for me was, um, you know, uh, I were, I was working with a really famous guy. It wasn't Bruce Fudino, it was a different guy. Um, and he, uh, turned around to me. I was his assistant. He turned around me in the studio and said, Hey, uh, go over to that AMS and dial up a nonlinear, you know, whatever with this much pre-delay, whatever. And I had never touched that AMS unit, even though it was in the studio that I was an assistant at. It was in a back rack that no one ever used, and I had never touched it. And um, I didn't say, well, hey, Mr. Big Producer, okay. um, I, I I don't know how to make the thing work. Like, I didn't do that. I walked over to it and started pushing buttons and scrolling yeah. through a <laughs> bunch of shit and went, okay, yeah. okay, okay, I see. Okay, this is how you change the program. Okay, part, uh-huh. you know, and and I know that that dude probably after about three minutes of that was looking back at me like, what's wrong with this kid? Why because yeah, that should you take
1: know? three seconds. You yeah, do. it should take three <laughs> seconds, What's you know,
0: what's going on? But um, I succeeded in getting whatever it is that he needed um, and, and that's, uh, some, there's something to be said there when I talk about like, do things that you don't know why or how they work or when, for the reason that they work, just do them. Just do know? it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, Hey guys, tell your friends subscribe, um, you know, keep, uh, keep on keeping on. And, um, you know, Chris and I are still working on, on I was stuff. Say, Go keep ahead.
1: Keep- keep an eye out for what's coming too. where we're just keep an eye out
0: <laughs> we keep teasing people but I mean it's true there's you know the um, big things coming um, we're we're trying to uh, get back to the side community and and uh, so stay safe wear a mask use that uh, soap and water wash your hands Do it. Do <laughs> it. all right wear guys. The mask. yeah wear the mask all right take care see you
1: see you, everybody